Ever heard of a magical experience dating method? Well, you will today on this edition of Frank Relationships. You're listening to Frank Relationships with Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Yes, as always, those are my babies. Thanks for getting Daddy started today. Mwah. Dating expert Jen Burton is with us today. And I'm curious, Jen, why do women have the upper hand in dating? Oh, I had a sneaky suspicion you were going to ask me this question, Frank. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you, be straight up honest with you. Oh, boy. I think you know the answer to this question. <laughs> okay. And She's starting stuff you, already. Yeah, let's, let's start with the good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Um, everything about a woman, everything functions as a muse for love. Our curves, our movement, our softness, our edge, our sex appeal. We are a man's weak spot, undoubtedly. Is it a muse for love or a muse for men? No, well, it's a muse for love. So we can use that same energy about ourselves and turn it around and inspire ourselves in our own romantic creative genius. So it can be definitely, it can be segmented for men, but it can be used for our own good instead of evil. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I'm not clear. Why do you have the upper hand in dating? Because we're there. Because... <laughs> <laughs> she already knows. Uh, hit us, Nancy. You know, you know why we have the upper hand in dating. You should have seen Jeff's face. He looked like what? <laughs> he's, been, mean, he's been married. He's as clueless as I am, and I'm real clueless <laughs> for a gazillion years. <laughs> Since when are you there? <laughs> I'll straighten all this out after the show, Jen. Go on. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, we have, we have the upper hand in dating because ultimately when we understand the power we possess in all romantic endeavors and we use it in integrity, we can create what we want romantically. Um, the, we end up making most of the decisions. You know, the, these are where the phrases that we're not actually con, uh, attributing to the same concept, but these are where the phrases are coming coming from. You know, a happy wife, a happy life, things like that. I don't like that phrase. But you it's may true. Not. I don't know. On some level, you know, it's, it's <laughs> very true. Do I? I? Oh my goodness! I listen, 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 Jen. So. Uh, Frank's wife came to the studio one morning, and I didn't know she was coming. I didn't know what was happening. We were talking, engaged in an interview, and the next thing I know, he just got up and disappeared. And I'm thinking uh -huh. to myself, where is he going? When I looked up, I looked, <laughs> I looked outside. He was outside, not holding the door for his wife to come in. He was outside took her bag out of her hand, walked her in Aww. here. I mean, this guy is totally playing games with you right now. He is 
in love with Hassana, and I can't even. I, they've been married for some unnumberable. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, look at Frank, man. He's into it. Like it was, like he's getting ready for his first date. It's awesome to watch. Big difference. Big difference. And, Marriage and, and, and dating. Yes, but here's the thing, Jeff. Most men have kind of. Well, let me not generalize. Often the perception of the married man is that after a few years into the game, he's kind of at least waxed cool, if not cold. He's just not in as into it as he had been maybe in the beginning. You know, the, like from the outside looking in, you know, you think, oh, yeah, got, you got to get married, got to get it married. But then you hear from people who are married, like, oh, it's all right. You know, it has its ups, its downs, whatever. That's the woman's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Only because the man doesn't see her, right? And, I mean, it's just... In my own defense, do you mind if I jump in here? Do you need to defend yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been insulted? <laughs> Go on, Frank. I love to see my wife happy. See? But, however, it's it, let's be very clear. I love to be happy, too. Exactly. And... and what really makes me happy about seeing my wife happy is the ability to put a smile on her face. That may be number two. I don't even want to start with number one. Number one is her ability to be happy. If yeah. I thought what I did would not cultivate the happiness that she already has. Okay. And I, I, I can see that in you, Nancy. I can, you know, I can see that. Um, ability to just be happy. If I, if I thought that wasn't there, I wouldn't do half of the stuff I did. Wow. Okay. I mean, and maybe more than half. Right. If, if it was, if if she took the disposition of make me happy, oh. I would tell her and Holla. any other woman, yeah, uh, <laughs> some version of that. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Um, right. So that is why I have a issue with the happy wife, happy life concept, because it, it's, it seems to suggest that her you being happy. You have to make her happy, that she doesn't come happy. And that her being happy is more important than me being happy. And nah. Jen? <laughs> May I chime in on this? Absolutely. The happy wife, happy life, since I, I brought it to the table. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So there's a different spin on that as well. You have, it sounds like you have a bit of the negative connotation from it and that this has been used negatively to convey that this is the only true way to happiness and it puts a lot of emphasis on the woman. But you just said it. You love making your wife happy. But it has to be on the condition that she has the ability to be happy. And I think a lot of women these days are bringing the inability to the table, and that's resulting in the frustration that men are feeling because there's nothing he can do to make her happy. He can't contribute to her happiness. He's become responsible for it. Mm. And wow. that's not when I say happy wife, happy life. That's not the piece that I am talking about. I am just talk, merely talking in the grand scheme of things that we all know men do love to make women happy. Well, okay, I take that back. I'll back up a little bit and say that not all women know that. They, a lot of women have become very jaded and feel um, differently about that. Mm -hmm. But what I have seen is that men truly do 
love making women happy. And it doesn't mean at their own expense either. I'm not talking about that whatsoever. It's just that women have a lots of misconceived notions about, you know, men think, thinking that they don't care about their feelings, they don't care about making them happy, that all men care about is themselves. And I don't buy into that at all because I've seen the other side of it. Nancy, obviously, seen the other side of that with you specifically. It's um, it's a huge misconception that if women start to understand, we're going to change this whole dynamic and this whole crazy world of dating, love, and romance and start to turn this to uh, into something that actually people look forward to instead of it being such a dirty word these days. Hmm. I, I think we found ourselves on the same or close to the same page. <laughs> I thank you, Jen. <laughs> okay. Elvis is back in the room. <laughs> Go on with this show. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. I got another one for okay. you. Okay. Is and this kind of touches on a little bit of what you just said. Is there a scarcity of of the ability or the willingness for women to acknowledge men these days? I believe so. I I come across quite a few jaded women. One of the things I liked in that opening conversation was how Nancy referred to you and just called you out on all of your goodness in reference to your Forget wife. her. But <laughs> most women. <laughs> most women when they come to me or if you even look on social media they're not talking about how great men are they're um and i know that we have some we do have some issues that are going on around surrounding sexual assault things like that but aside from that we're not acknowledging how fantastic so many men are and men thrive in that appreciation and that recognition and yet we're just willing to go on and on about you know what a jerk some guy has been or how women get together and they're all they can talk about and I'll be honest outside of what I do I don't like socializing with women all that much why mm. because the first thing I say when I talk about what I do for a living um, let me give you an instant. Give me one example. Okay. I was talking, telling a woman the other day about what I do. And the first thing she says, the key to love is just find somebody that you can tolerate, a man that you can tolerate enough. Oh my and that gosh. just gutted me. Nancy, think about that for a second. Just somebody you can tolerate enough. Oh, that's the it, height of resignation. It's, it's disgusting yeah. on so many levels. Yeah. And Men, yes, we all have our we all have our disadvantages as men and as women. But men are fantastic, and when you here, give here. them the opportunity to be fantastic in your life, that whole wanting to make you happy and contribute to your happiness really starts to shine. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jen, Agreed. you know I do I do a podcast. Uh, it's called Frank Relationships. Why don't you come and be on it sometime? <laughs> I think I you know, I think I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> He's comical, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Frank Relationships, a show for you, my brethren, who, like me, are too young to be considered old and too old to be considered young. It's also for those of you who love and support us. We're here to provide weekly wisdom, conversation, and the information that will help create loving and flexible parents and partners. I'm Frank Love, and you can find me, my blog, and my various social media incarnations at franklove.com. If you're listening to the show on Blog Talk Radio, please follow us. And if via iTunes, please subscribe so that you can effortlessly get the show each week. Also, if you're enjoying the show 
And of course you are. Please give us a favorable iTunes rating and please share it with your family and friends on your favorite social media platform. We're always looking for new social media friends, so please help us help our communities by spreading the word about the show. Greetings to my super duper co-host, Nancy Goldring. Can I get that with a little more enthusiasm, please? I said greetings to my super duper co-host, Nancy Goldring. <laughs> Hi, Frank. Hi, dear. <laughs> she is the consummate generalist. At the moment, yes. Ah, so you get a little, you get more specific in your old age. Uh, oh, 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 uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Fighting words. All right, let's start all over again. <laughs> As in your older Elvis age from last may week, have returned to the building, but Frank is being escorted out. <laughs> I'll just have you to know that I have a post that I sent to some people on their birthday, and it says that age is simply the number of years the world has been enjoying you, sir. All right. Okay. I just want you to know I have a little more momentum than you do. Okay. But I don't need you to get jealous about that. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Onward. I still think you're great. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to move on to the next thing. I don't have a problem. Maybe take my foot out of my mouth (laughs) or something. Something like that. Okay. Jen, are you with us? <laughs> I, am, I, I am trying not to comment right <laughs> Go uh, on, You know, Greg. anybody feel free to jump in whenever. <laughs> and save him from himself. I'm oh, my goodness. He's going to wrap the leg around his body and then stick it in his mouth. <laughs> One small comment about age. See what women, see what happens to women. I'm fine. Very needy. Another scoundrel among us, Jeff Newman, Uh, our engineer. Two of four. (laughs) Oh Oh my goodness. It's got to be an even fight. (laughs) Say that again, Jen. I missed it. I said, I love Newman. He's right there for you, Frank. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. After years of dysfunctional relationships and crappy dating experiences, Today's guest decided to take matters into her own hands and developed a dating method for creating magical experiences that lead to love. She's the romantic fairy godmama to smart, successful, single women all around the world and is known for ushering in stable, funny, witty, and insanely attractive men. Um, I've never been... Insanely attractive. I've never been around you, Jen, (laughs) so you're missing one. But I'm (laughs) obviously (laughs) who will love, adore, and romance you without expecting you to compromise your career, success, or genuine self for any part of it. So, if you like me want to know how an ambitious woman can date, if you want to understand how men think and If you want to peel back the layers on romantic vulnerability, then stay tuned as your Frank Relationship team talks with dating expert, Miss Jen Burton. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. Before we get too deep in today's subject matter, I want to check and see what's going on in the news. Jen, please don't be bashful. We want you to weigh in. There's a there's something I have already been thinking about, but then there's there's the elephant in the room also. The and we're not talking about 
the senator and the, somebody dropping like a fly every day. Yeah, yeah. We, I guess, yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got, I, I have so many different thoughts about that. Okay, so you want to, you broach the topic a little more. Okay, well, I'm saying to myself, what thoughts could you be having? <laughs> I'm kind of uh, well. You know, me, I, you know Yes. Me. Well, I'm. I'm looking at. Okay. So John Conyers says he's retiring when, in fact, he's resigning because he's been booted after allegations about his he's been sexual outed. Outed. Uh-huh. Sorry. Um, amidst allegations of sexual misconduct, what days before Matt Lauer, Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. Well, Harvey Weinstein. That was a little while ago. He, but, pulled, you know. he pulled the plug on the thing. R- Russell Simmons, I think, was in the paper for a second mm-hmm. time. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey also. Was he pre? Let me tell you how crazy this is. I'm, I'm saying to myself, he's pre-Thanksgiving. So many people mm-hmm. are falling out of the sky on this thing mm-hmm. that uh, Charlie Rose. Louis C.K. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the beginning. Hey, Bill Cosby, hey, yeah. yes. So, all right. Well, uh, any, you, you go wanna, ahead. I want to. I want to hear what you have to say for the your. price of fame. Hmm. Is it's an interesting thing, and I am thinking to myself, okay, these are these are sexual harassment allegations, and I wonder where harassment begins. My, I asked my wife. I said, if you walked in to your supervisor's office or anybody's office and he was um masturbating yes masturbating what would would that be sexual harassment to you and she said no and she said did he touch me and i said no she said no i i just i just laugh at him and leave <laughs> well her walking in on it and or if him he just asking her to sit with him while he does it, mm-hmm. to me, is two different things. Well, you did walk she in. invite him in, or did he invite her in? Mm-hmm. That's the other piece of it. And, did he did he know she was coming? Right, right. So, yes, let's presume he knew she was coming, and okay. he's doing it. Or let's say he asked her to come in, and in the middle of a meeting, he whoops it out and starts you know, dealing with himself. Mm. Is that sexual harassment? And I and I don't I didn't ask that specific question, but I believe knowing her that her answer would still be no, and that she'd just laugh at him and leave. Well, some of it it's not well it's sexual harassment and misconduct. Mm-hmm. So that I feel is definitely an act of misconduct. It's a professional environment. At the end of the day, this is not where I play. This is where I work, mm-hmm. and you are not a love interest of mine. So if I'm at work. The last thing I want to do when I walk into the building tomorrow is be invited in or walk in on a colleague, a coworker, a supervisor who is engaging in masturbatory activity. Didn't it just even know to that me. Was a word. Well, I'm uh-huh. bringing it into uh, the game, right? So, so to me, that's just not what I come there for. If I if I went to work tomorrow and I encountered a man masturbating in the office. I would just go home. You wouldn't just go to your office. You'd I, go to, I go would home. go home. I would. You know, I might. I might stop by my manager's desk and say, "You must be joking." 
and I would go home. Uh-huh. I just I just wouldn't even want to. And then I would start and then I would start actively thinking about how to subtract myself from that environment and cuz obviously this is not where I belong. Hmm. This is not a space. This is just not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so then I would be looking at, okay, how do I get myself out of here? Which, that's very different from being harassed. That's being affected by inappropriate behavior. behavior yes. And not to diminish that because mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. For instance, I don't know all the particulars. I don't think anybody does right, right. on Mount Lauer. Yeah. But it was inappropriate behavior, which was totally. probably written into his contract, which is why he's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. But do we know if it was something illegal or if it was harassment? Now, a lot of what you're talking about is almost redundant. We all know it's wrong. Yeah. We all know that victims suffer. Yeah. The problem is when they're not victims mm. and they're headline grabbers or attention seekers. Yeah. And it does all of the legitimate complainants so much worse when someone is coming out because they walked in on somebody who was doing something. And they didn't walk out. Mm. <laughs> they didn't lock the door they didn't behind go them. Home. Okay, and go right, home. Right, right. Okay, so I mean, it's a, it's an epidemic proportion, especially in vocations like Hollywood, movies, film, politics, the, education, uh, politics, yeah. public eye. Yeah, yeah. If it happens, and it happened 20, 30 years ago, Russell Simmons case in point. Why Is that didn't what they you said? say something then? Nineteen ninety one. Okay. Not diminishing the effect or the the horrible nature of the offense, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. if not illegal, why now? Mm -hmm. Mm. Something called a bandwagon. And it's horrible because it's happening every day on on other levels. (laughs) School teachers. Yeah, yeah. You know, principals, what have you. So it is. It's at epidemic proportion, but because it's in the public eye, now it's, I don't want to say fashionable, but you're going to see a lot more of it. Mm. And maybe that's a good thing, if it's legitimate. I think it's the end of an era. I think it's the end of an era of an abuse of power that people in power have enjoyed for millennia at this point. And I hate to say it, but I really do think that the final uh, trickle-down economics of this thing is going to be men coming forward about women Mm. who didn't give them a fair shake because they weren't willing to participate in some way with them. I don't think we're going to be absolved of this. It just so happens that we're starting with men because uh, men have enjoyed this kind of activity for so incredibly long. Don't use the word enjoyed. Well, I mean... Men um, with a problem have taken advantage of their power. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. What you got, Jen? Well... I have to say that I play in shades of gray and no, not 50 shades of gray all the time with what I do. And um, I actually, and I lean towards uh, men in certain cases of this because I think some men are getting thrown under, under the rug for, for certain things. But in the instance of a woman walking into a room with in a man knowing that she's on her way and him masturbating, I know some people are going to call that not harassment, that she has the ability to walk off. And I I do agree. And I think women need to start really owning who they are 
and walking away and doing and doing something different than have been done because we have those options these days. But I still believe that that's a very perverse kind of harassment, regardless of whether we want to define it that way or not. It is it is a it's it's a man. Not necessarily. I don't know that it's about power, but it's a very perverse form of him seeing what will affect you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any woman in the workplace should ever have to walk in on that unless it's somehow stipulated in her contract and she agreed to that for whatever reason. But that's not the case in any position that I know to date. So why a woman would ever feel that she needs to uh, be subjected to that is is beyond me. And why anyone would question that, and, and this is very, very black and white to me, as much as I think women need to own who they are and be able to, if something like that happens, walk out of it, report it, do whatever they need to do, not stay there in that situation. And I do think that there are women jumping on the bandwagon that maybe haven't been subjected to what they say they've been subjected to. I still think it's, it's black and white. There's no doubt in my mind. If you walk into a room, if I walk into a room, and I, I am very open sexually in, in many, many ways, but if a man has his penis out, that is a type of threat in a way. As, mm. and it may not be as he's going to actually physically harm me, but he is saying that this should be okay with you without ever thinking to ask mm. if it is. So mm. it, it is a de- definite sexual dysfunction, and it is a threat on some level. And women shouldn't have to be subjected to that inside their workplace well, at all, but definitely not inside their workplace. What do you guys? Well, and I was the masturbation thing was I was thinking about Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. my understanding of what he did, or mm-hmm. along the lines of what he did. Sure. What do you think about on on the flip side, um, women wearing revealing clothes? You know, low cut this and that, or you know, low cut skirts and that. Is it? Are we going to get to the place where men are calling that harassment? No. Is that possible? Men design those clothes, right? That doesn't mean they design. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jen is <laughs> snickering. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Nancy's absolutely right. But I actually think we might get to that place as if if women, so many women that aren't actually being harassed, keep jumping on this bandwagon instead of exercising their, you know what, I'm just going to say no to this and make it clear that this does not. Uh, does not turn me on on mm-hmm. any level, mm-hmm. then we're going to keep pushing back really hard by screaming these women that aren't being really truly affected or jumping on the bandwagon. And then, yes, men are going to start pushing back in, in that way at some point. Mm. Although there are, she, Nancy, you're 100% right, <laughs> men are designing these clothes. And so many men would be very disappointed if they never had the opportunity to see us in those clothes. Right, right. Okay. Uh, anybody else on this? There's so much to talk about. but The only thing I'll add is being the elder statesman in the room and, mm. and on the phone. At one point, I had sexual harassment training. I was a manager with a company, a big company. What came out of it, aside from the two days in a conference room and role-playing and do's and don'ts, is motivation means nothing. Yeah, It is the perception of the person who you are saying or doing something to. So, for instance... From that point on, I never said to a female coworker whether that person was higher than me in rank or lower, whether my comments or my actions had anything to do with them getting a promotion or doing better or helping them in their job. I could never say, boy, Nancy, that's a nice blouse, mm. because I meant that's a nice blouse. 
but you mm-hmm. took it as, why are you looking at my chest? Mm-hmm. So motivation mm-hmm. means nothing. Perception, Perception means everything. And people stopped being as friendly. Now, after a few weeks, months, slash, we went back to, I know I can say that's a nice blouse to you because we work together and we're friends and you know I meant it that way. Right. But you're on guard. We were. Wow. And vice versa as well. Mm-hmm. Women can't say, those are nice pants, Jeff. <laughs> Why are you looking at my pants? <laughs> I just want to say for the record, I can't see his pants. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not wearing any. <laughs> but again, okay, th- this is nothing to make light of other right, than the fact right, that right. The, the horrors and the uncomfortable situations that people, men and women are put in, is not a joking matter. It's almost right. redundant at this point. It's just, it's, it's a shame that there are a lot of innocent mm-hmm. or not guilty people yes. who are gonna be that thrown under the bus. Yeah. Uh, record conversations, get permission to record conversations mm-hmm. and video your office and never close your door and have glass walls. Oh, wow. And, huh. wow. Okay. I have even seen this really quickly. I've even seen this in my practice and women asking me, why won't men just kiss you anymore? And I said, well, it ties a lot into this. There's a, there's a lot of, um, there's, we, we don't know. Well, as, as men, I can see that there's not, there's not any more certainty of when it's okay, when it's not, is she going to think I'm being overbearing or harassing her in some way? I can see the confusion going on and it's bubbling up and, and a lot of women will just say that, oh, they should, men should just get this. They should just understand the line, what's consent, what's not, what's, and, and it's not always that way. Because then on the flip side of that, there are lots of women who are being turned off by very passive men who are always asking, may I kiss you? May, may I touch your face? May I, instead of what we normally do is follow that chemical attraction. So trying to find that balance, even though some people think that they uh, – absolutely 100% understand that balance all the time is it's it's a challenge it's a challenge and on both sides of the the field Mm -hmm. and the question becomes should you go to jail if you miss if you were 99% sure it was okay and she was on that 1% she she was the 1% that was not okay Um, is that you know should you go to jail and that's a hell of a question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Oh boy. Mm. I'll take a breath. Take a breath on that. <laughs> <laughs> how do you suggest, Jen? How do you suggest that ambitious women date? I suggest that they experience what I like to call mantourage dating, which is essentially dating more than one man at a time until they find their forever man, or if they choose, indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Definitely. Wow. Now I saw that term mantourage and I was I was aware that you have coined it. That is your phrase, right? Mantourage dating. Yes. Yes. All right. I so I didn't know. I didn't know it was going there. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> oh, I'm so going there, Frank. All right. Well, let's roll. Yes, okay. <laughs> Tell me about that. Tell- <laughs> See, uh, these these people that I share a room with, they know that this is interesting to me. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> all right, date multiple men. And what do you do with those multiple? Is it all right to be sexual with them? Is it okay to accept 
um, gifts and money and uh, I mean just you know I'm just opening the floodgates. Where do you where do you want to take you that? Date them fully. Do you mm-hmm. date each of them fully? I guess is what you're saying. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm well, saying I'm being more you're... explicit. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, but let the lady talk, okay. please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I am talking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That Go on, Jen. You're more than welcome to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I want to hear her, what she has to say as well. But ultimately, Frank, yes, all of those things. It, it's very uh, woman dependent. So or if, for each woman, it's up to her. If she wants to go full on with one man, meaning sexually, emotionally, what all of that, she's more than welcome to. And if she wants to do that with two or three, if she wants to date, maybe go out on several dates with one, and then she's in a sexual relationship with another and keep it, it's really, she gets to tailor the experience to her. What I do as a romantic fairy godmama is help her navigate the nuances and keep anchoring into herself as she explores herself romantically. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about how do you incorporate men doing the same thing into the conversation with that woman who you're coaching? I have her assume automatically from the get-go that he is already doing that, which historically men are, are known for dating multiple people. Mm-hmm. And um, I have her assume that. I don't have her press and ask about it because sometimes when we have – we think that full disclosure is always the – uh, path of least resistance, but sometimes it, just having the assumption makes it easier for her to open up her options and explore who she is and not really rely on how we have been as women trained, for lack of a better word, or, or conditioned, actually conditioned and socialized to behave mm-hmm. as women. How'd you get here? Because this is not... This is a different paradigm than many women would offer other women, or even many coaches would author off, often what offer, offer women. Uh, so how'd you get to where you are? I got to where I am right now by experiencing this. I was going through uh, a city separation breakup back in 2006. and Hold on, wait a second. Some- what is a city separation breakup? Did you coin I that one too? I moved to another city. Oh, okay. yeah, I coined another term. Okay. No, it's, just, okay. um, it's just my creative ability to butcher English. So I moved <laughs> to another city in order to separate from my husband. So we had a trial separation, but in different cities. Okay. Is that was that the strategy, or that was happenstance? No, it wasn't happenstance. My thought process at the time was: is I knew we had separated once before. And I wanted to, I was at a point that I needed to do something different. I was trying to mimic an experience that I had had in another country. So I moved to a city that kind of had that same, um, same setup in, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I needed to be away from him in order to really determine whether or not I wanted to be with him. Mm-hmm. And what did you discover? I discovered that I was no longer in love with him and no longer had the desire to work on our marriage because we had spent several years of a very short marriage already working on it through Mm -hmm. uh, marriage counseling and therapy. And I discovered that I needed to explore pieces of my sensual self, of my feminine self that I had been neglecting for years, uh, being brought up to be a good woman, being brought up to be a strong woman, being brought up to be, you know, a very productive woman in society. And I discovered that I needed to flip everything I knew about being a woman, 
really own who I was and explore these pieces myself in the context of dating and date like I'd never dated before, which included not running into exclusivity with a man and having to, you know, having to desire that exclusivity right away because I was whole as a single woman and it was my turn to experience men in a, in a completely different manner, which was incredibly healing. Mm. Nice. How do you incorporate the concept of romantic vulnerability? And in fact, before you answer how you incorporate it, tell us how, what you believe that to mean. What is romantic vulnerability to you? Well, it can, it's a very multifaceted term, but it's the exposure of oneself in a romantic capacity, but it only works well in the context of having good romantic boundaries at the same time. Okay. Such as what is a good romantic boundary? Uh, for instance, one of my favorites is um, not dating or dating more than one amount at a time until you are in an exclusive relationship instead of the paradigm that most women do, which is dating, they start dating one guy, and then all of a sudden um, they've become exclusive to him. He is still dating, still keeping his options open. Then she hyper-focuses her undivided romantic attention on him, mm-hmm. and it all falls apart. Hmm. Does exclusivity, does an exclusive relationship to you equal co-exclusivity? And based on what you just said, it does, but I'm I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Can who, you elaborate? Who exactly determines what you mean by when that? the who determines when the relationship becomes exclusive? Is it you just as the woman or is it the two of you all through a conversation saying you will both be exclusive? It's both it's both of us. It's it's not um it has to be mutual. It's, it is not, um, in my professional opinion, it is never okay to assume that a man is exclusive to you um, when you have not had a conversation of as simple as something as fun like, well, will you be my girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> well, my what I'm getting at is a little different. And so it is there, sometimes we are willing to imprison each other in my in my concept of exclusivity so if i if i want exclusivity in my relationship as far as i'm concerned that means i'm going to be exclusive and that's all it means you don't have to be Mm -hmm. exclusive in order for me to be exclusive and when most of the time when i check out relationships and even those that i've been in it has been okay you're willing to be exclusive well so am i or i'm willing to be exclusive are you and if you're not, then I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's it's that it's it's a tit for tat. It's a it's a let's. It's not really mutual. It's it's, it's not reactionary. It's reactionary, and okay. I do not think that is the way to go. I believe the way to go is you become exclusive when you feel like being exclusive, and it doesn't have anything to do with me. And I will become exclusive when that's what I want, and it doesn't have anything to do with you. I do it because I think that's what's best for me. And you do it because you think that's what's best for you. And it's not something that we have to negotiate. We can simply, you can negotiate whether the relationship is working for you based on what you are experiencing in this relationship. But you don't need to know what I'm doing when I'm not with you in order to make a determination of whether this relationship is working for you or not. Mm. 
Well, you you bring up some very very valid points, Frank. I guess what I am I am trying to say is that I keep encouraging women to not go into exclusivity or make that choice of exclusivity because historically it's not working the way that we really want it to. Because women come to me and they're looking, most of them, not all of them, but a majority, a good majority, are looking for an exclusive relationship with a man. Now. Typically, women before they've had, they might even have that "I'm not, I'm not sleeping with anybody else" conversation. Even before that point, women will start stop dating other men. Mm-hmm. But men will continue, whether they're actively dating other women or not, they'll continue to keep their options open. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to do is flip that specifically. I'm not worried if he decides to um, be exclusive at that point or not. I've, and I ask her to assume that he's not just so that she can really dive into her experience of mantourage dating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Tell us about some of the misconceptions about men that women have. I mean, are you serious? Yeah. Are there any? Do women have any misconceptions? I mean, I thought you guys <laughs> knew us through the and list through. The is so long. I'm hoping <laughs> Jen can just give us the top yeah. three. <laughs> the top hundred. The top hundred. <laughs> Jen. Okay, so tell me, I you, I hate to say this, but you guys cut out on me. What was the question? Oh, I'm sorry. So I asked, can you tell us some of the misconceptions that women have about men? Like, so Frank says the top 100. <laughs> and I'm saying the top three <laughs> there, to five would be fine. Amount. Yes, yes. Frank's right. Yes. Okay, what you got? Okay, my first one is is usually about body type. Women are obsessed with thinking that men only like one specific body type whatever it is it, it doesn't have to be it's a specific one in their head that one is across the board they don't feel like they are physically attractive enough to have the relationship of their dreams mm. number that's the number one of the first ones okay um this, jen go ahead yes you know go on jeff that, that, that's a misconception about women though what yes that's right not that's about mean. men Women have the belief that they think that men are only after one body type. That's not a male misconception. That's a female misconception. No, but this is about misconceptions that women have about men. It's not anything going. It's not that the men have a problem. Oh, okay. It's like, what, so is, it's, what it's, do we think? Female that's misconceptions. Just wrong. Yeah. Okay. I, got, I got a problem. This is only an hour show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Another problem? I am. I am thrust into saying what I'm about to say. Oh. And it's just not like Let me just kick you over the edge. Say it. As it pertains to body type, I am I am a color guy and I like if if it's You don't care what the what the shape and size is as long as it's colorful. My wife already knows this. Oh okay. But if it's pink on my wife I like it. I'm, <laughs> I am very. Um, I, it's there's a pink thing that I've got going. Her tongue, her lips, her. <laughs> her. I think we should come <laughs> back to Jen. <laughs> her <laughs> fingernails. Uh, you know her toenails. Show is it just, to you. Yes. Are we moving away from G-rated? Because I'm excited <laughs> if we are. <laughs> it's fast. It's quickly no, I'm done with. I'm done with my list. <laughs> The, the list he's willing to air publicly. Go on, Jen. <laughs> Jeff, was that okay to say? Of course. Too late uh-huh. now. Thank you. 
I, I kind of the same way with white. I often say to women, would you like some white? No. <laughs> <laughs> I might edit that oh, out of the show. God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Onward. <laughs> Uh, I'm so Jen, this is going to be the Nancy Goldring show next week because these guys are out of here. Frank, do you mind if I backtrack one second? And Jen, this is specifically for you because the conversation started with a question about why women have the upper hand. Mm -hmm. Yet recently, maybe five, six minutes ago, you were talking about how men in a relationship would f steer away from exclusivity without letting the woman and the women are more insecure about that they want the exclusivity sooner so it's kind of a it's kind of a contradiction can you elaborate no, no, no. on that well i think well let me just say before you answer him jen that what i'm okay. hearing when you say that women have the upper hand is they have it they don't necessarily know they have it they don't know they have they it. They don't whatsoever. necessarily so know they have we, it or operate uh, that way. We make everything about men. Where there's like, uh, I, I can't tell you the amount of information out there in the interwebs and and classes given on what men want, and yet we're still more clueless than ever. And that's because we aren't aware of the power we possess within the romantic realm. And yes, it does seem that men are. Um, have had the upper hand, especially when you're talking about, you know, it looks like they're choosing exclusivity. They, they push away from that. But if you, when you start using your mentorage experience to really dive into yourself and discover those pieces of yourself that you've been neglecting as a woman, then what you'll start to see is men turn around. And this happened with me. This happens with all, I wouldn't say all of my clients. I'm going to say a good 95% of my clients. And all of a sudden men are starting to, push towards exclusivity with her because they realize they have this crazy radar that she has options too. And that is a game changer for women. So when she, again, uses her experience to dive into herself versus worrying about men all the time, she has created that space because she's making herself happy. We're going back to what you were talking about earlier, Frank. She goes back to making herself happy, mm -hmm. and then she is a magnet for men because he gets to contribute to her happiness, plus he has that crazy radar going off that he realizes he has some kind of competition. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Frank Relationships, and we're talking with dating expert Miss Jen Burton. Jen, please tell us what you're up to and how we can find you. You can find me, and I've created a special link for your listeners, Frank, at Jen, J-E-N-N, Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, dot com forward slash Frank. Nice. Thank you for that. Is, is, uh, I'm assuming you're over 30. Is that correct? A, a, a wee bit, yeah. Okay. What advice would you give your 30-year-old self? My 30-year-old self? Mm -hmm. Well, that's about the time that I started my mantourage dating experience. Mm. And I would say, I think I would have I've taken a little bit more time before I went into exclusivity, although I love my husband very much. Mm -hmm. I think I, I should have taken it up another notch. Mm. And that's what I help my clients do, is take it up the, several notches above what I even went to. Mm -hmm. So what, is that, what does that look like? In practical terms, when you say take it up a notch, would you have dated longer? Would you have made him wait longer? A longer. It wasn't about making him wait per se. It was more about having even more experiences. Okay. So um, you know, maybe uh, different adventures, 
having dating even more guys, different, different men, mm-hmm. and just exploring a bit longer. Not not about making him wait. It's okay. really it's not about the men. It's not about which I think that's one of the mistakes women are making. Was we make it all about the men. It's about it's about time we make it about ourselves. And that's not to say that men aren't important because when you come into an, a relationship, of course, there's to not only make it all about him, they make it all about everything he does wrong. So when you take that focus off men and put it on yourself, then all of a sudden you have a completely different dating world to live and play in. Mm. I We started er, early. We had the um, what's in the news segment and we I threw out the sexual harassment piece, but there was another thing I wanted to another another topic that I wanted to discuss that really it ties so closely to what we're talking about now that I'm going to go back to it. Okay. According to an article titled I've been buying gifts and vacations for women I paid a date for 10 years. Here's what everyone gets wrong about sugar dating. And it's in Business Insider magazine. Mm. And I, you know, it, it's not exactly what, what you're talking about, Jen, but it does touch on women having options okay. and seizing options. And so this guy says, to me, sugar dating is more like an arranged temporary marriage where you do your own arranging. He says, uh, a sugar baby wants an ongoing relationship. She wants a guy who she can get along with. She wants what a girlfriend, a wife might get if they found a well-off man. She has a job that mostly pays her bills but she is looking to improve her lifestyle and she does not talk about sex for money. Uh, so, and there's, there are a few other points, but what do you think about that sugar baby dating uh, older men, younger college women, him providing her with money? Um, and, and that could be, is, is that a, a direction that you might not necessarily promote to one of the women that you're working with, but that you would say, hey, be open to? Well, let me start with a quote that I think you might enjoy, and it's by um, Ninon de Lanclo, which my, I just butchered my French, but there you go. And it's, feminine virtue is nothing but a convenient masculine in- invention. Hmm. Ah, so, okay. With that said, I don't necessarily promote that women have relationships in regards uh, in, for the for the ability to have things. Mm -hmm. But I also think that women are really set up to receive, and there is no reason why we can't incorporate allowing men to do for us, which gives men a place in feeling very masculine in our lives, Mm -hmm. allow men to do for us and to supplement, not be responsible for, but supplement our happiness in certain ways. If it makes them feel good and we feel good, then why not? Okay. All right. Jen, uh, Nancy, you got anything on that? Hmm. Let me let me give you another piece of the okay. article and okay. see if that, you know, if you got Jog anything to say about that. something loose and from my antique mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the picture the advertisements paint of a hot young college girl meeting a rich guy who pays them to look pretty while eating dinner and traveling places, places is mostly fake. Women read the stories and try to get that easy gig, but it's not really there. Okay. Uh, He also says the women that I meet are everyday people. They have jobs and an otherwise regular life. You'd never know their sugar baby. In fact, most women keep the whole thing quiet at most discuss it with one girlfriend who is doing the same thing 
and maybe taught them the gig. The gig. Wow. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Interesting. I just, I guess I never looked at it as a gig. It's like, wow. Okay. So there's definitely that, I guess, energy, that interplay between the man who has it to give and the woman that, that just kind of does it for him in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important especially if if it's a mutual relationship like sometimes this can be a level there can be a level of dysfunction to this also if the woman is receiving under the guises of being genuinely interested in the man himself and the man is actually doing for the woman giving her because he wants to be say exclusive with her he's basically proving his value to her but if she doesn't have an authentic interest in him and his interest in her is deeper than just buying her things and taking her places then you know two people can get into trouble with this i feel but two people can get in trouble, trouble with anything, anything. right yeah. and right. so and you and i can tell you from direct experience with a man who's willing to do 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 for you you can be as clear as you want to be about your intentions, but if he has a long history of being able to buy his way into anything and everything he's ever wanted, he's just not going to believe you. He's going to feel like he's just the next big gift away mm -hmm. from winning your heart when your heart's not even really in it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's uh, you know, if it's, if it's a... I guess, mutual arrangement or agreement if these two people have an authentic understanding and there's no harm, no foul. And there's the understanding that the, what, of what the relationship's limits are, I think is what's important at the end of the day. Because somebody's going to decide that they want more. Maybe. Or, I mean, or it's just over. It, it's temporary, as, as he puts it. Okay. Well... As long as everybody on the game board okay. understands that the game ends mm -hmm. and not necessarily the way you planned, so right. be it. The, the final piece I'm going to offer from this article was he says, like all of the sugar babies I've interacted with, I gave them a per visit donation of 200 to $300 plus dinner, gifts, and outings. But I know that very good-looking college girls ask for 500 to $600 and some of them get it. So this is like a job. I, I, I it mean, sounds like a job. World's oldest profession. <laughs> uh, at least a version of it. It is, it is the world's oldest profession. Yeah. Okay. Jeff is actually right. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. This is based on the whole courtesan concept. I mean, dating for hundreds and hundreds of years. And in fact, what's really important to note here is we all, we, we think of this is just prostitution, but it's more related to the whole courtesan connection because courtesans in their day were the most highly educated women, right. which meant they could um, they could be great companions to these really prominent, many, many times very, very intelligent men because they could hold really great conversations with them, mm -hmm. whereas the average woman was very, was uneducated or even the wife was very uneducated and couldn't even read so it was really important because because sex isn't always just stimulated by um, visual 
appearance. It can start there, yeah. but if it's going to Tell it to start with, but if it's going to be. We don't hear. Hello. There has to be a meeting of Jen, the mind somewhere. Jen, we lost you completely after, but it's going to be. Okay. Everything went back. Um, but if there's going to be a really profound and deep connection or something that's very motivating in other pieces of your life, it's going to have to be about a meeting of minds versus just a meeting of bodies. Cool. I agree. I hear I hear it said often that for women, sex is mental, but I think that's the case for, for men, too. I, I believe that as well. I 100% believe that. One of my favorite quotes is, the best love affairs are in the mind. Mm -hmm. Jen, I'm, I'm afraid this isn't the last time you and I are going to talk. Oh. We, yeah, ah. I, I, I yeah, am. <laughs> I, I'm it's delighted up to me. that this is not the last time we're going to talk to you. If it's up to me, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even said the word polygamy once. <laughs> well, He's cheating on me, but he doesn't think I know it. <laughs> What'd you say, Jen? I was about to come back with polyandry, so we were we were right there. Right there. That's, perfect. That's not exactly what perfect. I teach in Perfect, perfect. I take it back. You're not cheating on me. Cheating is like not the word. <laughs> that is not the word I want to use. Okay, Jen, I want to dig. I want I want you to dig into to your recent to uh, maybe not recent experience, but give me a give me a good book, and then I'm gonna ask you for a good movie. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you and say that I am not doing books right now because I'm creating, and when I'm creating content, I tend to shy away from reading other stuff so that I'm not heavily influenced by other people's words. Okay. It could okay. be something okay. you read 10 years ago that was good. Is there a book that you mm. recommend to your clients? Oh, stop leading her. No. <laughs> I mean, she if she's coaching, she's like, is there a book she that you... She wants me to win. That's what women do. Is we're supposed to help each other win. <laughs> See? Uh, oh, chirp, chirp. It's, <laughs> okay. it's the Antique Girls Club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. How about a good movie? Oh, I love if you if you want to dive into the subject or it's it's not a completely accurate representation, but it's a lot of fun. If you want to dive a little more into the subject of uh, courtesans, I love the movie Dangerous Beauty. Mm, OK, I may check that out. I've, I've never even heard of the concept of courtesans. So I, I clearly that's memoirs somewhere. of a geisha. Mm -hmm. um, you've seen it. No. I, I mean, mean I you may have may not have yeah. called it that, but okay, you've seen it. All right. Yeah. Uh, w and one last piece, uh, Jen. Social media. How do you see that as hurting our dating life or women's dating life? Uh, social media. I feel like there is something. I, I I'm a big believer in being honest and transparent to a point, but I think the way we evolve as humans and our emotional nature, it it lends. To a lot of misconception by our partners. So if we're going on full disclosure all the time, or at least um, a, a hyperbolic expression of, of what we want people to think our lives are, I think it's a, it's a bad place to, to have, like, for instance, men you're dating or women you're dating. I don't think it's really great to connect on social media first. I think they need a more um, time to un unveil ourselves and warm up to each other and then, you know, dive into something as being on each other's social media accounts. Mm -hmm. 
I, I want to run something by you real quick that you and I may you know, I, that just, just see what you think about this. I've recently been coming to a place where I see there's there's a social media presence that I must have just as a personality who does what yes. what I do. And then there's a personal social media component. And on the personal side, I, I understand the commercial side because that's just sales and marketing and that sort of thing. On the personal side, more and more, I am turned off and and reluctant to show pictures of what I'm doing with my wife or family. And, and I do it some, but it gets to be, it's starting to really seem voyeuristic where I'm, I'm in many ways, I'm saying to people, look how good my life is. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I don't like doing it. It, and I, it, it, it's to me in some ways it's not fair to my fellow man because I could be I'm in many ways I'm marketing my good life quote unquote but I'm not sharing the doo-doo that goes on on social media so it's it's kind of it's fake it's false it's it's contrived what do you say and what do any of you all say but what do you say Jen I have to, Frank, I can't agree with you more because this is something that's been bothering me for a while. I've really shied away from sharing a lot of personal stuff. I have I have people on my personal page that I'll share things with, um, but I also think there's a piece of it that how are you really enjoying your time with your family and doing the things that you're doing and being in the moment if you're always pulling your phone out to type about it? A post takes anywhere from three to 10 minutes to put together. And people who are constantly, I admire them for using it to build their business, but I don't feel like it's, um, it's giving them any real access to life because you're having to stop and pause, stop and pause. It's, it's draining in my personal opinion. And I like the fact that you are reconsidering it. And in fact, one of the things I do teach in my courses is I tell women to get off their phone, mm-hmm. get off your phone. When you're on a date, get off your phone. When you're walking around, look people in the eyes. We need to reconnect to people on an in-person level. Yes. I love, I not social media so much, but I love being able to be connected via internet. I love having clients all over the world that I can connect with via phone, Skype, whatever, having my podcast, being on yours. It's amazing, but nothing, nothing in this world beats real live in-person connection. And if you're always digitally connected, you're going to miss a huge piece of your life. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You're listening to Frank Relationships, and we have been talking with dating expert Jen Burton. Jen, one last time, please tell us what you're up to and how we can find you. You can find me at Jen, J-E-N-N, Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, dot com forward slash Frank. Along today's journey, we've discussed sexual harassment and impropriety, mantourage dating, and contences. What? (laughs) What? Cortis- Cortisans. Cortisans. Cortisans, yes. Cortisans and the world's oldest profession. Thank you to my co host, Nancy. Thanks to Jeff Newman, my engineer. And thank you to my guest, Miss Jen Burton. You've been great. I hope you've had thank as you much fun. You bet. I hope you've had as much fun as I've had hanging out with today's ensemble. As always, it's my wish for you to walk away from this conversation with a heaping helping of useful information that'll help you create a relationship that's as loving and accepting as possible. 
Let us know what you thought of today's show at Facebook forward slash Relationship F Love. On Twitter at Mr. That's M-R Frank Love or at FrankLove.com. If you're listening via Blog Talk Radio, make sure you like us there. And via iTunes, make sure you subscribe so that you can receive each week's show. This is Frank Love. Frank Love.